Welcome to the Phantom Zone. And now, thanks. All right, so I know I am personally not a Magic player. I have watched people play it many times. So I don't really understand how a card game can be turned right. into a movie series or whatever it is for Netflix. So I am a recovering Magic addict. Um, um, dude, I, you can fall down that, that rabbit hole. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day. Yeah, no, like that's where it starts. That's where it started for me playing Yu-Gi-Oh! with my friends on the schoolyard. And then I got into uh, Magic in high school. And I spent almost every paycheck for a long time on Magic. I got really into the game. Yeah, I didn't and... even, is there like a backstory? It's like, what are they? Oh, yeah, man. So like, I, okay, but I mean, sorry. like, you know, it's like at the same time, you're like, well, you know, I'm a recovering Yu-Gi-Oh player. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh is also like a thing based, you know, off of an anime. Yeah, and, but I mean, like, it was and, like and, a... and, guns in the and, anime. Yeah, and they have like this huge, rich backstory of the Pharaoh and the blue eyes and the zodias um and like magic kind of has that same thing i guess because they've never done anything else with it like i didn't know what other because at least like Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon it was like because i think the cards came first and then they made the animes and stuff around the cards basically like the transformer mm-hmm. method yeah of like making stuff to like give the, the toys backstory so since mm-hmm. there's really been nothing for magic i guess i'm assuming there's books or something uh yeah so like here's here's the skinny on the plot of of like magic the gathering uh when you play the game with someone else you like if you so choose to believe this uh you are a planeswalker and every time you summon a creature you are summoning something from the multiverse and bringing it here to do battle for you um and each card has a little bit of flavor text at the bottom or some cards have uh flavor text on the bottom and like uh you can actually get other planeswalkers as cards uh, and they don't particularly have like flavor text on them some might but everything else is done through like you're saying like books there are comics um there are i think there's even like uh, um like a uh audio drama for it um, yeah, IDW's had about a handful of different small uh, Magic of the Gathering series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's like a whole rich lore, um, like through books and everything. Uh, and they, it's it's pretty much just like rejected D and D stuff. So much so that mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast just put a, like a good chunk of uh, Magic the Gathering lore into D and D as an expansion recently. Yeah, and they have, like, a ton of, uh, you know, like, they started having, like, I don't know if they just started, but, like, when I was working at my shop, they introduced, uh, like, Planeswalkers as, like, kind of, like, big, powerful cards. Mm-hmm. And the Planeswalkers are all, like, you know, basically the the big superheroes of the Magic Universe. Yeah, that's that's a very good way of putting it. They have the power to pull other creatures from other realms do magic stuff hmm. and walk and walk walk the planes yeah don't forget about how far they can walk on the plane yeah because like you know we're talking about like this is becoming a animated feature um for netflix which has like a crazy group of people like around it obviously the russos are producing mm-hmm. but it has yeah, like uh, the writers are crazy. it's uh henry gilroy who did rebel star wars rebels and star wars oh. clone wars Wow. Okay. Jose cool. Molina, who did the Tick and Jordan Peer, uh, Peele's Weird City. So that's an interesting combo right there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was gonna say it has like one of the direct, uh, uh, its director, co co-executive worked on uh, Into the Spider Verse. Uh, 
yeah, Yoriaki Mochizuki. Um, Damn. Uh, but yeah, Bardell Entertainment will uh, uh, run the points animation. Uh, they're behind Rick and Mori, Teen Titans Go, uh, The Dragon Prince for Netflix. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Netflix with its uh, act, like, you know, them picking up like all these like kind of really cool animation projects. Like, you know, there's the Castlevania stuff of the last couple of years. They have the re-debut of like older shows like uh, uh, Carmen San Diego. Uh, yeah. Hilda's been very good. Devil May Cry <laughs> Baby, uh, Agretzico. Um, Voltron and She-Ra. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Evangelion's coming back at the end of this month. Oh, yeah. I forgot about uh, that. I think a lot of that has to do with like, oh, shit, there's that Disney app coming. We need to like separate ourselves and get our own content yeah. as quickly um, as possible. I think like also like I think you have like people who are higher up in Netflix like based around the things that they've. I mean, like that Love, Death, and Robots thing only exists because someone at Netflix like really loves animation, and someone mm-hmm. and something like Agretzico, um only kind of exists because or like them picking up like um, was it High Score Girl? Um, because like someone has like a real eye for like you know Japanese animation that they think would be like really good for their network. Because like I guarantee you, like something like Agretzico would have just like been like another anime that would have been on Crunchyroll that like you know enthusiasts would have kind of known, but like you know, would have just kind of missed the mainstream. But like stuff like Devilman Crybaby and Agretzico, um, and like there's like a show that just debuted a couple weeks ago and I completely forgot. Um, but like looks really cool. Um, I guarantee you it's like it being on Netflix has gotten more eyes on than if it was on, you know, like Amazon or, you know, anywhere else. Well, yeah, specifically Amazon's like such a it's kind of just starting in many ways. Well, also like Amazon's uh, um, algorithm is really terrible. Like things get buried into that into that system like as bad as like netflix is amazon's is like so worse yeah i literally i just the only things i've watched i'm like i know that they're on amazon so like i go to them like i will yeah. be starting um good omens like really soon and i already know it's there like if you were looking which got canceled the tick like you couldn't find that for a while if you didn't actually type it in and search because it was yeah. like in like some weird category hell but yeah, I don't know. It's in, it's an interesting thing that, you know, Netflix is doing this. I, but I do think part of it's like they need more original licensed content. So if you combine this with like them doing The Witcher and um, aren't they doing a bunch of stuff with Valiant? Oh, God, they are doing The Witcher. Yeah, oh, Henry Cavill. I, that look, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like and this is like, you know, exactly what you said, John. Everything is correct. I do feel like there's a little part of them where it's like, you know, we're like kind of seeing the, you know, was it the Marvel, the DC app or not the DC app, the um, Disney app is coming out. What is it? December, November, so, uh, November, 12th. November. So like, I feel like the more they announce, it's like they really need to keep as many like super nerds on there as possible. And this is a, a good way to kind of I fight. Mean, I, I mean, like, and also it's like them trying to make you know more shows you know uh like i i don't know how much longer stranger things goes you know uh, you got, yeah i, I, I don't feel know like how... it can't go that much longer i feel like uh, it's like one or two more seasons like this they go anthology with more. it and just like completely start a new cast doing something uh, else 
I can't really like I don't really know like how long uh glow goes on for um but you know it's like you have like a bunch of different series that are going on about three four um you know seasons right now i i think like most stuff kind of ends around season six for netflix um you know they they lost basically like all that marvel content so yeah they did pick up to... a couple shows that got canceled this past year because they picked up lucifer which came out they picked up another fox show and i think they picked up one or two other things so like you know but i agree with you like they kind of have this weird timeline where like stuff only lasts for like five seasons at max but it'll be interesting to see what netflix does especially yeah like because uh you know the the mouse owns so much it's not like anything from like any of those abc shows and also you have all the stuff from dc is probably once their contract is up is going to go to their app as long as that survives yeah, which is all that C- yeah, all that CW stuff. I that will be on Netflix for too many more years. Uh, I'm pretty lucky uh, in the sense that Canada gets a lot of Canadian television or a lot of Canadian filmed television on Netflix and keeps it there. So like I get all the Riverdales and everything in it and it it just stays, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure that they have a deal with that, but CW has a deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. that they did like two or three years ago mm-hmm. so but that was obviously before the app was kind of done so like it'll be interesting to see when those contracts are up what they do depending on if the dc app is still around yeah that's that's a very oh dude it's the same as google with their new uh, game system like i don't think the disney app will ever fail because there is so much money behind it like, yep. it, it is too big to sink well when you own 40 percent of the marketplace exactly yeah well and I really my, my argument is always here. better disney than comcast uh, yeah uh... <laughs> well, i don't know i have i'm on comcast internet right now and it constantly shits the bed so i'm when do not we, a... when do we stop saying we go we want to go see a movie and start saying we want to go see a disney well, you have to pay uh, go see a Disney movie with Disney Box. Mm, that's a good point. I, you know what? We have Disney Box here in Canada. That's just mm. our regular money. Yeah, they're just gonna like take the euro because they look like play. That looks like play money, doesn't it? I, I mean, everything looks like play money compared to you guys. Yeah. All right. So our second news story, I guess, is kind of a little bit more comics related, which is the Let's bring it around. <laughs> Marvel's like lead uh, of their PR team has left. Kind of interesting timing. I see that she just had a book come out, and I don't know. It's an interesting. She's been there for forever. I've seen so it's kind um, of an interesting she, exit. She joined in March 2017, so like not for long. It's like two years. That's kind of a long time for PR stuff. I feel like. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I don't really know. A, a okay, lot she's about the, her okay. Story. She's just the Marvel Comics one. I thought I thought she was like the Marvel Marvel, but she's specifically was like the marvel comics yeah sales and communication lead yeah okay so i guess that's less of a big deal um yeah i mean i imagine she put out you know it says i uh she put out a book about two months ago called uh gate girls don't cry real life lessons from fictional female characters um it could honestly just be something you know as, as you know as something like she like the reception on that book was very good and she's gotten like more offers to write and mm-hmm. you know it's better to go create your own material and leave on good terms with you know with your current job and you know then stay you yeah. know wherever 
Yeah, it's hard to like multitask. Like writing a book like that takes so much out of your time. I'm sure it didn't. It could. It could have possibly created a situation where you know her attention was divided, and so like it seems like a kind of an amicable split. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, I got him. Um, I think Connor, you posted this black cat's. Was it Connor or no? I oh. I'm I'm not in the comics world. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a new Black Hat series coming out from Jed McKay and Travel Foreman. Um, I guess this is the first Black Hat series ongoing I'm su- ever. I'm surprised that that's yeah, like so a fact. Nice. Yeah, like, like not I've, that I'm a I, huge fan of the character in any way. Like I bought in a mini series about her in the past, but um, yeah, this I guess is the first ongoing for. Her. And like Travel Foreman is really good. Uh, he did art for um the new 52 animal man series mm-hmm. so he like i always kind of see him on non-horror books and he always seems like a very strange choice but he's good um and black cat's been like very good in the amazing spider-man book so far uh they kind of like rehabilitated her character after um superior spider-man where she was like a mob boss for a while yeah didn't uh mm-hmm. yeah selena kyle did that for a while with that yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like yeah she will like forever be in my mind like a bad imitation of Catwoman, just with like weird powers that I feel like they're very flaky on if she has them. Uh, Sometimes. I, I feel She's like her a radioactive cat. Don't be an I asshole. Feel, I feel like her dynamic with Spider-Man is a little bit different than Selena Kyle's situation with Batman. Um, oh, the, they're the, yeah, the dynamics. It's a little bit more playful. I feel yeah. like with her and Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't know, but it's also like, oh, you never, you know, that they're never really going to end up together, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Cat, Selena, and Bruce. That like, that's kind of the only relationship that kind of makes sense for him in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the only choice for him. But yeah, I don't know. I again, not a big, not a Marvel reader really, and I'm really a big fan of Black Cat. I, I honestly don't know how you do an ongoing with her. You gotta make it interesting. Like a thief. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'll probably be like twelve issues. Um, from what it looks like, she's uh, she's like you know going undercover for the police, and she's basically going to be like a double agent kind of thing. So that could be fun. Yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. That's that's cool. Just reading the interview uh, seems interesting. I'll check out the first issue at least and see if it's worth it. Other yeah. than that. So we can pop over to the other comic book company. The guy is, um, so Snyder is closing out the current story um, that's going to lead into the whole year of year of the villain and the doom. Oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, um, but it's this weird Justice League. I don't know if anybody else has been reading it besides me. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing not by the silence. No. So it's like a weird. So it has to do with this whole year of the villain thing. And I don't remember how they get there, but it's like all in the sixth dimension, which for you unaware in the DC universe means it's where like um, Mr. Mixoplex and Batmite are from. It's like it's literally imagination. Okay. And it ends up where they meet like these future versions of themselves. So it's like John Stewart and John Stewart, old and current Wonder Woman, Hawk Girl and Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman and Hawk Woman. Uh, Batman and Batman, but this future Batman is not Bruce. I believe it is Dick. And then Manhunter and Manhunter and Flash and Flash. 
And what's kind of revealed, oh, and Superman are there, but like the current Superman's not around. And he's the one that's there ends up not actually being Superman. Uh, it is a disguise. He is the world forger. So he is the third sibling to the monitor and the anti-monitor. So he makes the universes that the monitor watches and the anti-monitor kind of destroys. Sure. And yeah, they give a whole backstory. It's if you haven't been following this whole story, it's very like hard to explain. It's very Snydery. Um, but the interesting part is that like he basically tells the Justice League that if you don't use your like abilities to basically force all of the bad people or anybody that kind of would side with Doom and like lock them up, the uni- like the universal forces will destroy the mul- like your multiverse. And the only way to do and like all of them are like, no, we can't do this except for Bruce, who then puts on this like crazy Batman suit. And it basically will force everyone to kind of like who's not 100 percent good to get locked away. And it's the only way to save the multiverse. So it's kind of setting up this whole thing where it seems like they're going to be setting up like another crisis kind of event with this year of the villain. Um, and it does tie in. um the World Forger is who created Barbados or Barbados from Dark Knight's Metal. And they kind of explain in, I think, the last issue, kind of the whole creation of like the universe, the multiverse, like this current deep multiverse and how it's all fucked up um, is why it's going to break. But if you're into Snyder, it's really good. Um, in one of the books, Lex Luthor kills himself. Um, it's we really all know well. that like Snyder's going to find some way to blame it all on Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but this that's is all Batman's is. fault. Yes. He sneezed. Yeah. They do a whole bunch of stuff. It's really interesting. Um, it's, it's still, if you're like Snyder, it's super crazy and kooky, so. Um, yeah, no, I, I love Snyder. I'm, like I was saying before we started, um, I just finished his run, so I really liked what he did with Batman. I'll probably pick this up when it's, kind of like, collected. All done. As- yeah. It's very confusing. It's, like, one of those things, like, this whole like justice league like their new legion of doom is like really interesting but it's so expansive i read metal dc or batman metal like seven months ago and i'm only just understanding it now yeah (laughs) because he's he's like the master of callbacks because so much of dark knight metal is like callbacks to like his stuff when he first started batman yeah and it, like it pays to know the knowledge, and it's still a good story without knowing it. But I kind of want to go back now and read all that stuff again to kind of pick up the things that I just didn't, I wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. to. So our next thing is, I guess there's another. They just uh, announced. If actually, if I can interrupt, uh, yeah. breaking breaking news: Sci-Fi has canceled Deadly Class and Happy. Yeah, I saw that in one of the chats. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Happy going, but. So and, is that post season yeah. two? So it's getting two seasons, right? Uh, Deadly Class is canceled. That, it only it's, has, one it only done, has, right? it's one and done. Um, Happy is also just done. Uh, both are going to be shopped around to see if anyone wants to pick it up. Okay, because I thought Happy was like already filming season two, or, uh, had it, well, like, season, or season was coming, coming out, out soon. Yeah, season two is currently coming out. Okay, so it's like two, and then it's done, and they're shopping it, um, yeah. which. I'm trying to remember who owns those two sci-fi. I mean, like who, like the original comics, like, uh, it's image. So it's Rick Remender owns okay. and, and, uh, uh, Rick Remender. Morrison. And, 
Uh, no, I'm trying to think of the artist for Deadly Class. Um, okay, yeah. And then Grant Morrison and uh, Derek Robinson for Happy. It'll be interesting to see. I, like, it, I would not be surprised. I don't know. They already have um, Umbrella Academy, so Netflix would be interested in Deadly Class, I don't think. But uh, I mean, if they can get it for cheap enough, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Umbrella Academy only happens like what once a year, you know. So you got you got to have different things to fill in your slots for the rest of the year. Yeah, I just like I feel like almost they're so close that it would be like confusing the properties, like in their looks. Mm. But um, Happy would be really interesting on like a Netflix or um, Amazon. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, those happens with those. Yeah, I'm surprised I, that Lucifer got picked up after Fox canceled it, but I was I love this last season, so I'm glad Netflix picked that up. Did did anybody watch Deadly Class? I did not. I heard good uh, things. I did not either. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, Eric Fedorja has watched it and he said he really liked it. So uh honestly the comic is so sad that I figured the the tv show wasn't going to probably do a very good job at like having like that kind of really uh like despair inducing drama dude you can't have a 14 year old kid do coke in a bathroom (laughs) and and also like sci-fi show like that that first trailer didn't seem like you know it's like the same problem i had with umbrella academy it just didn't seem weird enough Doom Patrol mm-hmm. is a show that totally embraces like the absurdity of the comic. While I feel like Deadly Class is like the colors aren't kind of there, you know, it didn't um, seem it wanted to go. Academy got pretty weird. I really liked the first season, so I I I think it starts off pretty good, and and then it just it, it it's like a sliding scale, and by the end of it, I was just like not into it whatsoever. Well, I think that's but... a problem Netflix always has with like their season lengths for all their shows. Mm-hmm. Um always tends to be a problem because they always seem to go like one or two episodes too long so they have like a really bad pacing issue it's why again i'm gonna keep saying like i like they had lucifer just come out it was only 10 episodes and it was like really tight there was almost there's no filler whatsoever and it was like there and done and i wanted like it leaves you wanting more like i feel like a lot of their other shows when they're like 13 when you get to like that 13 episode realm for them it's like it's a little long I think mm. that's how long Umbrella Academy was, like 13 or 14. Uh, it was, I believe it was 10. Was it really? Yeah. There's a long 10 episodes then. Yeah, maybe the next season will feel different because it's kind of like a different thing that they have to do completely. Yeah, uh, well, and that's kind of like the problem I have with season one is they took two volumes of a comic that have completely like nothing to do with one another and slam the two stories together and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh but you know yeah, maybe because i did i have not read the comic like it didn't that didn't affect me at all uh, i'm going yeah. to read the comic eventually but like, it's real good uh but now that season two you know it's like with season two it's like i very much doubt that they will not it's like they're not going to adapt hotel oblivion um so it's just like i i feel like a lot of what they'll do with th- this new season is just a-, a lot of just new stuff. It's fan fiction. Which, I mean, it's like, I would rather them do that than try to, like, fit these square volumes into round TV shows. Mm-hmm. Wait, you can't always do, like, 100% adaptation. It's just yeah. not feasible. Well, well, yeah, but, I mean, it's like, if you're going to, like, do an adaptation of a storyline, then at least, like, 
take the good stuff from that from those adaptations and put it into your you know or you know the the good things from those comics and put it into your adaptation like they added in a bunch of stuff that just like i feel like didn't strengthen the core story a whole lot and uh the stuff that they tried keeping in like it just didn't make sense like the whole entire thing with the white violin like i feel like it's just a very lame version of what they did in the comics yeah so i have no idea what you're talking about so i don't even know yeah the white violin was fucking sweet and like the way they build up to her was really cool yeah um like even like the stuff even the stuff involving two with dallas with like time travel stuff with um five being chased through time by hazel and cha-cha and then him being tied to the um Kennedy assassination and like that's whole that's all really cool but then it's like they took the time stuff they took Hazel and Chacha and they took you know um the inklings of the Kennedy assassination and they threw it in this but it doesn't really it it just does nothing for the white violence story so it's like you're not strengthening your core story your your a plot or your b plot by doing an a and b plot and they don't factor into one another. So it's just like, it just feels like a lot of it's just like wasted time. Okay. But, but like, I'm talking about a series that came out like six months ago and I'm already like kind of done with it. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just waiting for the last issue of Hotel Oblivion right now. <laughs> yeah. I definitely will jump on the comic at some point. I just have not gotten to it. I am actually, for the first time in like two years, caught up on all my books. So I can actually go over and read something. So maybe that'll be the first thing. Um, to jump back to our stories, though, we have a new announced DC Black Label book, which I think is actually kind of an interesting take. Um, did you guys read the story? Uh, I saw who the writer is, and that's like kind of an interesting get for them. Yeah, so the basically the 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 elevator pitch for it is basically the introduction of Har like Harley and Joker, but instead of her being a like asylum psychiatrist. She is in a profiler that yeah. Gotham City Police bring in. Um, she's like a forensic psychiatrist and profile they bring in to uh, help them stop the serial killer known as the Joker. So they kind of, instead of her like already being introduced to him caught, it's her trying to get into the mind of him in order to catch him. Um, I, it, like, it kind of feels like, what if we did... Clarice and <laughs> oh, that's one hundred percent what it is. But I'm kind of in for that. Uh, I I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm kind of having my fill of Joker Harley story. So like I can't say like I'm super excited for this. But um, I can the read writer you what she is, says. Uh, the writer for the series is Cami Garcia, who um is most well known for the uh young adult series Beautiful Creatures, which um. You know, it, it's pretty Wait, cool. Is that the thing that they made like a TV show or a movie? Uh, they made a movie. Uh, okay. The, her quote though is like kind of interesting. They're not making like this weird. It's a uh, they're making him more like a like a real life serial killer. Mm -hmm. So you know he's there. Like she's like, oh, like the version of the Joker is saying like John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy um, is, and so like it's taking him less of being this like over the top comic book character. And making him more like a legitimate serial killer. Mm -hmm. so it's interesting. You know, I kind of thought like when they first announced, was it White Knight? That that mm -hmm. was going to be goofy. And I ended up loving that book. So 
and that was the i think the first black label book yeah i think like the other thing i'm just like kind of not super vibing uh is that this will be like what the third or fourth black label book to come out right mm-hmm. uh yeah like i think the fourth because and, the, the, and the had... all and all of them that have been released so far have been batman book or batman universe yeah yeah but he does and, kind of serve it a little bit better in like the dark factor right to like a I, superman but i know what you mean like but there I, could be other characters they could use but the black label that's not what the point of the black label books are the point of the black label is to tell mature storylines dealing with dc characters in the dc universe but it's like all these black label books are just grim and dark and gritty and like horror centric and they might say the word fuck in a book and it's kind of weird because it's the only swear word they'll say um because it's adult it's just like no the joker says shit in the newest one the new one is awesome though yeah i i just i just feel like they're kidding this one note with like the black label and i kind of wish they would you know flex their you know their taste a little more Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, also I don't. Like, it, it, Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say it's also like if you're getting an outside writer, like there's only a handful of characters that they probably would want to jump on, and Batman's probably the top of that list. Also, if you're going to like pitch anything, more yeah. likely they'll jump on a Batman book than anything else. What were you gonna say, Connor? I was just gonna say like from an outsider's perspective, because I'm I'm still relatively new at this. Um, it, it's easier to get into Batman. I think you guys are kind of alluding to this because everybody knows about him. Uh, and and doing these more like gritty, uh, edgier stories, they get those grittier, newer fans like me, the people who want to see. I, I want to read a horror book. I want to read something like this with characters I know. And I realize it's kind of like played out and trite for most people who have seen it over the years, over the decades. Uh, but for me, it's and and a lot of new fans. It, it's a really kind of cool place to start, like especially with this this newest Black Label uh, book that I, I keep kind of alluding to because it's the it's a book I've been looking. Uh, I only just found out about, but it it has like all these these artists yeah. and this writer I already know about, and and it's it's just really cool to see something yeah. come together. He's talking about like the Batman Last Night on Earth. Yeah. And it's basically Batman Mad Max. Yeah. By Snyder yeah. and Capullo. So And like Capullo, he had so much money for this book. Like he went all out on the art. It is like it is absolutely gorgeous. But and, it is also yeah. another Batman book. Like, but absolutely. It's it's more of the same. And mm-hmm. I I wouldn't want that if it was a franchise that I've been watching or reading, I should say, for a long time. Like once yeah. I've been doing this for a few more years and I see the 15th Black Label Batman book, then I'll probably become just as jaded. Yeah, I actually wonder what other characters, especially like a marquee level character that they could do a book like this with, like a, a DC Black Label. Like, I guess you could you definitely do like Lobo. a Wonder Woman. Lobo. I don't think Lobo has enough to like pull in readers for his own book. Yeah. Um, because like my first thought was like, ooh, I would love a question book. I was like, I don't know how many people are buying. Who the a fuck book. is the question? Uh, Wait, if, they bought, are you if they if, if they made right name on Toya book, then yes, totally. But like, okay, so I'm looking at the black label books right now. You have Batman Damn, Batman Last Night on Earth, uh, Batman Three Jokers, 
Uh, it has Superman. not come out yet. Yeah, Superman Year One, which is not out yet. Um, Batman Curse of the White Knight, Joker and Harley Criminal Sanity, and the other history of the DC Universe. I thought that there was a uh, Wonder Woman book on here, but I guess they canceled it, possibly? I don't yeah, remember so, them announcing a Wonder Woman Black Label. So, the Connor, seven really... black, so of the seven Black Label books, I'm sorry, of the seven <laughs> Black Label books that are coming out, five of them are Batman Universe books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to get back, so Connor, you legitimately don't know who the question is? or is that No, I, I genuinely have no idea. Oh, God. How? Oh, wow. So the question is, like, one of the best characters. I actually, I like both questions. Oh, wait, no, isn't he the 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 guy that Kevin Smith made? No, you're thinking of Onomatopoeia. Oh, okay. The question is uh, a good guy. And it's a, it was a guy, and then Renee Montoya became the question later on. Uh, So when DC bought Charlton Comics, like, years and years and years ago, um, a lot of the Charlton characters were, like, uh, The Question, Blue Beetle, Captain uh, Adam... Captain Adam. It's all uh, the characters that, um, what's his name, did for Watchmen. They're all like goof on. So Rorschach is a is a take on the question. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, but then uh, during 52, uh, that weekly event from like a decade ago, uh, Rene Montoya became a shin. And Rene, Mon- Re- Rene Montoya was like a longtime supporting character within Gotham Central and the Batman books. And so seeing her become the question was super cool. She'd like was in a relationship with Batwoman, and it was awesome, and everyone loved her, and then the New 52 happened, and DC was like, oh, she's dead, and she's no longer the question, and she uh, never 52, was the question. Yeah, New 52 question is, is the worst. Yeah. Because oh. New 52 question is um, Alexander the Great. Yeah. What if instead of having the question be like a detective, what if we made him a god? Yeah. Oh, and they never even used him. It was really bad. Um, but like the the real character, of the question who showed up recently in I can't remember what book he showed up in somebody's book recently. Oh, the Leviathan book when Superman talked to him. But he's basically okay. like a crazy conspiracy theorist kind of guy. Oh, is he the dude with like the shifting face? He has no, like he has a mask and Red name on toy also had it. Um, and I think at one point it was like a spray can, right? And he would like spray on mm-hmm. his face and then he would have no facial features. And he was actually like a news reporter. But huh. he's also one of the greatest detectives. It's like it's like him. It's like Batman. It's like Detective Chimp, Batman and then him are like the top three detectives. Uh, but all the thing is like he just always asks the questions <laughs> that like no one wants to answer. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget Detective Chimp is so good at his job. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the most recent uh, Justice League Dark, they read like whoever the artist was like did a completely new take on his design, and I fucking hated it. Oh, oh, hold on, I gotta pull that up then. Because uh, he lo- he looks more like a monkey than like a chimp, which they are not the same thing. Yeah, the question is goddamn awesome. Oh, but like both versions, I do really like both versions. But he's like a character that does not get enough love. And he's in the animated series too, isn't he? And they kind uh, of they play yeah. on the Renee Montoya thing, I think. Uh, he's like in a relationship with the uh, with Huntress. Huntress, yeah. Um, but while Connor's googling what Detective Chimp looks like, let's go to the next thing, which is I didn't oh, see this there's sh- like a bunch of ugly chimps here, so like yeah. it's hard to describe which is the the one you're talking about. Yeah, I'll try to find it. Is so it the one this- where he's looking like through a magnifying glass? Um. 
Let me see if I can find the issue. I just looked up DC Dark Detective Chimp. Oh, it's like, it was literally like this issue. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I give you have to give me a second. But um, so this other the next story was like so there. I did see the trailer for the kitchen. I have never read this book. The trailer looked interesting enough. Um, have either of you read the book? Uh, I read like a little bit of the kitchen, but I never finished it because uh, crime like crime noirs aren't necessarily like my bread and butter. Um, but like all the covers were really cool because they were all done by um Becky Cloonan. Uh, but I remember uh, it at the time, uh, it was written by Ollie Masters and art by Ming Doyle. And uh, I remember it being like a pretty, you know, like, you know, kind of talked about book. Like, it wasn't huge, but, you know, it, people liked it. Yeah. yeah like, the cast that. for this looks great. I'm not the biggest fan of Elizabeth Moss because of her, not her acting. Her acting is great. Just like her real life stuff. Because um, if you don't know, she's a Scientologist. Oh, that's a big yikes. That's a big yeah. yikes for me. But like everything uh, else, like I love Tiffany Haddish. Um, yeah, she's in like she, everything I feel now. Like she, yeah, I feel like she's been in like a bunch of different shows I've watched recently. <laughs> like I, I just finished uh, Tuka, Tuka and Birdie a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and she's like one of the main voice actors in that. And she's also like the villain in the Lego 2 movie. Yeah, she's um, in Secret Likes of Pets 2 that's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, well, because she's one of those people that like was she in a, yeah, she was a stand-up that like did work for like twenty something years and then like got super famous all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, she Put also does work. have like a very good uh voice. Oh, like, well, because she, she's she's like Philadelphia trash. That's why. Like, so she has like a very distinct like East Coast but not New York accent. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny. I like to say that because she very like. Um, if you've ever heard of the comic, um, no, what's his Dom Dom Irera? Yeah, uh, he was a kindergarten teacher before he like left and became a comic. She was in his kindergarten class, and he basically helped her rise up and like took her on the road, and she opened for him. Um, so it's like a very interesting story, and so like in everything, she always thinks him, and that kind of went nowhere. But yeah, this looks interesting. I'm like not really sure, like. Until like I actually saw that like the Vertigo and like DC symbol, like I was like, oh, I didn't even realize this was a comic. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting enough. And um, I don't know, it looks kind of like that other movie that came out like last year. Yeah, and I I heard people also talking about that, and I'm like, look, man, we get like a ton of different movies that also look like a ton of different things every year. Like, yeah, we're allowed like two female led period piece gangster films at least i believe i I think it's just like i think it's just like the setup is like exact almost exactly the same so i don't know um Uh, but if anything if anything the kitchen came up before uh oh i'm sure it did um but this kind of ties into our next story which is more of a rumor than a story which is that dc uh is rumored to be shuttering vertigo at least like the line yeah, which I mean, I feel like DC has tried over the last like decade to kind of like re like defibrillate Vertigo as a brand. Um, They've done it like, with Rebirth again. Like they did a hard push with it. Well, I don't think they did a very good hard push with it. You know, it's like uh, they so a couple of years ago they fired Karen Berger, who I believe is working at uh, Dark Horse now. Um, but like she was like like the reason why you know 
Vertigo existed. Like, yeah, like she helped uh, bring in, you know, Alan Moore. She helped bring in, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman. Uh, she like was the a person who was behind, you know, launching this stuff like Fables and Hellblazer, Invincibles and Preacher and why. Um, and like she was let go and no one kind of like really knows why. Uh, and then Shelly Bond took over, and then Shelly Bond was let go, and Shelly Bond's now working over at IDW doing Black Crown, which, like, if you look over at those Black Crown books, like, a lot of them kind of feel like what Vertigo books would have been. Uh, They probably were. uh, And so currently, uh, Mark Doyle and James Rich are uh, currently looking over, or, like, they're, like, the senior editors of Vertigo right now, and you know, and I think like a lot of people have like kind of like pointed the blame at a bunch of different places. Like you could totally say that you know, with the rise of Image and Dark Horse and Oni and Boom and all these other places, like there's like way more places to get your books kind of read. So a lot of the shine from Vertigo is kind of like you know been wiped away. Um, I think it doesn't help that you know when they brought Neil Gaiman back to do all those Salmon books. Those were not put under the Vertigo label, but instead under the DC label with like Salmon Presents. Um, and then you have a now lot of the book- kind of weirdly mixed because they do say they're on, they're like released under the Vertigo line, but they say like Sandman, like they say like DC yeah. Presents. It's weird. Uh, but then you also have like Young Animal as a line that started up with Vertigo-esque DC stories, um, which like i i think young animals like a great line um but like i remember working at a store where you would have you know about 30 customers who would buy anything that had vertigo on it you know it, it like it kind of didn't matter what the book was you know if they did like a trade for it they'd check it out because vertigo was like that stamp you would put on a book that would like signaled like a high quality um but and and like and i've told my old shop i'm like get if you have like those people come in like getting like vertigo stuff like show them young animal but you know i don't know if it's because if it's a different label you're not so like even within dc you've kind of diluted you know what the impact of, of vertigo was because you're you know spreading its influences all into all these different brands um and then you had like them do that big push last year where they announced all those different titles for the, the vertigo relaunch you know, but like Border Town got canceled uh, well, because that was the kind of other hands. Well, sure, um, but then you also had Second Coming from Mark Russell and Richard Pace that got canceled yeah. before it came out. And now it's over at Ahoy Comics, which should be out pretty soon. That was them like pitching out. Yeah, and that was like and like I think you had three big books that launched with it. You know, it was Border Town, it was Second Coming. And then you had Zoe Quinn's Goddess Mode with Robert Rodriguez. Because Robert Rodriguez was coming hot off of, like, Spider-Gwen. Um, but Goddess Mode's been, like, you know, kind of late. He also launched with, like, Hexwives, which just recently canceled. You know, American Carnage, you know, yeah, with Brian Hill. You have not named a book that I have bought yet. Uh, there's High Level that just recently started. Yeah, that's the one. That's, like, one of the only Vertigo books I've been buying is High Level, and I really liked it. But it's a brand uh, new Thing. I've heard good things about Goddess Mode. Yeah, Goddess Mode's cool. Uh, I mean, it's uh cyberpunk uh magical girls. Uh, what? Nobody told me that. Hmm, that's I, kind I, of 
Yeah, high level is kind of cyberpunk too. I, I'm pretty sure I've like pitched it as that like on this show before. Uh, Fuck, but yeah, that's that's so kind of like a little late. So and like to be honest, it's like DC's not really doing um a huge marketing push for any of these books. Like I don't really hear DC ever talk about Vertigo as a line, you know. And to be honest, I don't really hear, even hear them talk about Sandman or Young Animal or uh or anything. Like I I mostly just hear them. <laughs> already market books that already have a mass market appeal. I feel like Sandman has its audience and you're not really going to add or take away from it with marketing. Cause like, it's like it's two of the books are written by Neil Gaiman. So like, if you're going to be reading him, like you're going to be reading him. So, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know what you do with Vertigo at this point. Um, you know, it's like, I like, I don't know if you, bring in someone like they did with a young animal where they have a curation of you know a bunch of books that they would like to do or if you bring in like a ward ellis and a bunch of other top talent to basically relaunch a bunch of books at vertigo or if you just shut down uh you know the imprint for you know five five six seven years and then you bring it back you know rejuvenated yeah i, I don't know i feel like you can like I, I I do like what DC has done with like kind of separating the different things like how there's the Wonder Comics line and there's like the Young Animal line and there's the Vertigo line and there's like the Sandman line and there's the Black Label and uh, there was like another one that they're doing so I kind of have liked the division of everything maybe like, that's honest, just me yeah. like honestly Black Label should be like where those those DC books should be going for Vertigo yeah. I guess the only difference but, is they don't want to mix up Vertigo with like the DC Prime characters um, that are in Black Label. Yeah, I mean, like Frank Miller's Ronin used to be a Vertigo comic, I believe, and now that's a Black Label book. Well, you also have Swamp Thing and Constantine were Vertigo. <sighs> yeah, and like, so like, I guess it's like, do they, when they do like new trade paperbacks for, um, for Swamp Thing and, and Animal Man and stuff like that, do they re-put them under Black Label and just slowly take those books away from Vertigo? They own both, so, like, I don't even see what the difference is. I mean, you know, it's 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 all about, like, your, your library and how you yeah. present your library. And it's like, you know, if they're trying to get this new, this new R-rated line off the ground, maybe you move that stuff over. But at the same time, like... There are like people who would buy Vertigo and would touch nothing of DC, you know, because it's like the way that like there were people who would buy Swamp Thing and Hellblazer and Animal Man and Doom Patrol. And even though they had, you know, DC influences in them, they did not consider themselves DC readers because the tone and the scope of the stories were so completely different than what you would read from, you know, what was perceived a mainstream DC comic. So like, I don't even know if you were to move that stuff over to Black Label if you're going to get new readers to check out those books. Because, you know, I feel like Vertigo fans are completely different sect of fans in yeah. DC. I completely agree with you. I think it goes more to what you were saying before, that, like, the advent of Image and Boom and these other studios has kind of taken away the shine from Vertigo. Because Vertigo is almost like this... It was even though it was part of DC, it was still kind of its own thing. So it was like this indie that's part of like the bigger monster, and mm -hmm. the other kind of I mean, image and stuff is not even indie. Any like they're not indies; they're just like smaller companies. So like 
they're big enough that I feel like they've kind of taken that shine away, especially creator wise, especially image. Like, so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what they do. I don't really get like this rumor. Like, it seems like really wonky timing as they've literally just announced like several new books for like the Vertigo line. So I don't know. Uh, I, I imagine we'll probably like hear more when uh after san diego or yeah well i think i feel like there's a convention coming right up right that's not san diego i'm sure that they're yeah i don't know comic book conventions aren't necessarily my scene now we yeah. rarely go to them oh did you um to just pop right back before we move on um did you guys see the picture of the new design for detective chimp where he looks like god named curious george i posted uh... Are you sure that's just not an artist for that issue? And that's it is an artist true? for that. Yeah, it's a, it's for that issue, I believe. But like, because like, because he doesn't look the way I was gonna say, he doesn't look that way in uh in yeah, those, he, in that first trade of uh just like dark. No, no, this is just happening this past issue, and I was like, like I literally took me until like the like in another panel or two, like Swamp Thing reversed when it was Bobo to figure out that it's Detective Chimp. I was like, why is Swamp Thing just talking to this random monkey? Yeah. Yeah, his name's Bobo. Yeah. He was a circus chimp that got magical smartness. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, man. What's his full name? It's Bobo T. Chimpanzee. Oh, God. Dude. And he's one of the most, he's like the most respected detective in all of DC Comics. Yeah, yeah like oh. him. Elongated man. Elongated uh, man. Well, it, also known the if question. you watch The Flash as Ralph Dibney. Yeah. It's that whole, and they did a thing when they had, it was one of the stories in the Batman, in the Detective 1000, was like, God, all of, if they would have brought Detective Chimp in, they would have solved Heroes for Crisis pretty quick. Oh, yes. But he's off with the Justice League Dark, fucking off in some magical land. I'm kind of honestly surprised with all, like, the, the nods that they did to Infinite Crisis, or Identity Crisis for Heroes of Crisis, they didn't bring in, uh, uh... The elongated man. The elo- the long boy. Uh, was he in one of the panels? Uh, no, but there's like a scene where. Uh, what's his name? The, or what's her name? Doctor Light references it. Yeah, Doctor Light is like, oh, why am I even still called Doctor Light? Which, yes, to be fair, like, why are you named after a rapist? But also, B, why of all the stories to keep around in the New Fifty Two, do they keep around Identity Crisis? It's dumb. DC's, yeah. DC's very dumb sometimes. <laughs> I was just looking. Detective Chimp is in. He's one of the people doing a testimony. Well, hot dog. And his references. Do you know how many times they've told a poop throwing joke about me? I know the exact number. Uh, he's a, like a respected character. Who who in the Justice League is going to joke about him throwing shit? Booster Gold. Booster, but no one likes Booster Gold or Kyle Rayner, or not Kyle Rayner of. Oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? The other Green Lantern that everyone doesn't like. Oh, Guy Gardner? Yeah. Yeah. Gary Guy Gax. Which, I'm still super confused by the ending of this book. Which, we, I, I would actually like to talk about for just one second. So, do we all know the ending to Heroes in Crisis? Uh, that... You went he, over it. He got, like, a clone from the future, and then he killed that clone? Yeah, well, basically, like, no one is resurrected, but Wally isn't dead. So they say the ending is is that uh, the only person that died that came back is Poison Ivy, but she's now more connected to the green, and she's kind of not the same Ivy. And then Wally's in, like, super jail. And then that's basically what happens at the end. Super jail? Yeah, like, one of the last panels is, like, him handcuffed um, 
with Flash and Superman pick him up and then him handcuffed in front of Batman and Wonder Woman. And then I think there's like a panel with like lightning or something. Yeah, he has like blue lightning, which is the same lightning color he had in that rebirth one off. So possibly Dr. Manhattan lightning. Yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah. So remember that time that they did DC rebirth number one, they brought back Wally West and everyone was really happy because he was back and it looked like everything was kind of going to go back to normal. And then they didn't do anything for like two years. And then Wally West killed a bunch of people, but not, but not Lagoon Boy. <laughs> not Lagoon Boy. I, yes. I guess Lagoon Boy being eviscerated by a a giant fucking rod was all in his mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't get any. Like, it makes yeah. no goddamn sense. So I don't know. Um, do you want to go over our topic or? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, Anything, let's do as it. Long as, yeah, as long as it's not us talking about Heroes in Crisis again. God right. damn. So, is your idea, John? So, why don't you kick it off? Uh, I just thought it'd be like a really kind of fun thing to talk about, like a uh, franchise uh, that you like that you would love to write at some point. So, it since you be, came up like, with it, I'm assuming you have an answer. <laughs> I do. So, it could yes. be like movies or games or book series or, you know, whatever. And for me, um, I would love to actually really would love to read or to uh, write a original uh, story that takes place in the Street Fighter universe. Oh, so like the video game that. version, the movie version, the second movie version, like in the game universe, because it's like <laughs> you have the Street Fighter universe that's also tied to the fatal uh, uh, uh or not fatal uh final fight universe with like mike hagger and cody uh and guy and the mad gear gang uh and like those games are also like linked to like these other things that are in like that uh guy's teacher uh is this guy named um uh, oh my god zeku who was like introduced in street fighter 5 and he's the first strider so like in like Strider Hear You, the like that series that takes place in the in the future where he's like a cybernetic ninja. Like like so Street Fighter is also a part of that universe. Uh but then he also have like really cool stuff where um all of the like teen characters go to the same school and they're also friends with like some of the characters from the rival school fighting games. Hmm. Uh and I always thought like that's like also like a story I had in the back of my head is just like this like uh, this rival school Street Fighter like h- high school crossover thing, um, and yeah, I I really like that universe. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I always like kind of like read the wiki every once in a while to just kind of like brush up on like some of the lore. Of, like like I recently like just re remembered that Kara or that Ken Master's wife uh is the sister of Guile's uh wife, so. Guile and Ken are like brothers-in-law. Brother-in-laws, yes. But like you never really ever see them interact or talk to one another or have any kind of conversations. Um, but yeah. Uh like and also just like kind of the greater Capcom universe. I'm like I I, I have like a real like kind of like love for like the Darkstalkers. Um I I I you know I think it's like really kind of cool movie monster stuff and I think like that's kind of like a universe you don't really see people kind of playing around with because that's been like a, a you know a series that's been kind of dormant for like a long time um, 
but yeah, that w- that would be uh, my pick. Hmm, did you have one, Connor? Because I do. If you don't right now. Oh, I dude, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. So I want to do a spin-off series of Scott Pilgrim, but it follows the adventures of young Neil um, and his journey from being young Neil to just Neil. Uh, <laughs> and it'll be like a, a Scott Pilgrim level adventure where he discovers love, tragedy and heartbreak and realizes he's kind of an asshole along the way. Mm-hmm. I just I love the idea of like uh, young Neil is just like such a weird spacey character. I think you could really kind of hammer out something uh interesting uh with his life and the way he's kind of leading it uh especially like in the last i think it's the last book where like he finally gets acceptance he finally becomes regular neil i want to show the 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 difference i want to see the the in between where like where he finally earns the neil the (laughs) lack of young i want to see him crown someone else young neil you know (laughs) that'll be the last panel well that sounds interesting (laughs) Mine's like a little random, but even because because I'm not specifically a Marvel reader, but I've always had like an idea of like, I honestly, they, they could have done this and I haven't read Marvel in long enough. That they didn't of like doing a kind of um, build up arc of the Punisher where it ends up like being a big crossover event. And he basically takes his war on crime to like a Batman incorporated level and just takes like these kind of like D-list heroes and like kind of builds an actual army and just go across like starting with the US and like literally going to war on like all these crime families and then kind of making it this interesting political thing of like, well, he is actually cleaning up all this crime and what do the heroes do? So that was always like one of my thoughts. I never even thought about it as a video game. I'd have to come back to that. Did you have anything else, John? Um... No, I, I like like that's kind of like the one I've always been like, I was like, man, I really would love to write something in that. Yeah, I guess in a video game thing, I would love to write an Assassin's Creed type thing. It's like I'm a, I love history and I feel like there's so many places that they have not gone that they could with that kind of genre. And it'd mm-hmm. be awesome. Like I would love a um, on either side of it, like a Mongol or China of that mm-hmm. time period would be really goddamn interesting. Yeah. Or like a um like a samurai era game in Japan, like feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. Um to work with all of the mechanics of that would be really goddamn interesting. Uh besides because they pretty much besides the origins, it's everything's been kind of um like that kind of Western European stuff. Yeah. The big ones have been kind of hit at this point. Yeah. Cause even I would say like um was it Odyssey being Greek is still kind of Western European? Like it's still in that kind of Latin, like Latin language. It's kind the of Mediterranean thing. Sea. Yeah, like I would like to see, like even if it's like a Russian thing, or like, um, or even if they went to like somehow like to like Aboriginal, like Australia would like be settlers or like the settlers of like England and stuff being put there, like mm-hmm. something that's kind of like a more foreign version of the game would be really interesting. Yeah, I'd love like an Incan civilization. I think oh, that'd that would be, like, be really awesome. cool. Like with the, the sun worshipping and everything, it'd be great mm-hmm. for like vistas and, and like valleys and stuff. It'd be really cool. Yeah, there's like, I feel like there are a ton of games that I would love to get a hold. Like, at least like writing wise would be really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I have one video game idea that I've been I've been sitting on for. Oh, well, I've been talking to it with friends. Um, have any of you played Monster Hunter? 
I like, know. Of. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've played it for five minutes and I got I didn't know how to play and I was getting very frustrated with it. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while. But me and like two other friends, uh, we play it religiously. Um, and surprisingly, there's a decent amount of lore built into that game uh, that you have to really root around in the backgrounds for. But if you if you go looking for it, you will find it. And uh, so the gist of the game is you just fight big monsters with big weapons um, and then you eat food and you make armor from that and you just do it over and over and over again. But there is a semblance of a story in the newest game, uh, but they're not dealing with the thing I think they should be. Um, they make a big effort in the games to say like, hey, you're in kind of like a weird diesel punk world where it's kind of a mixture of Stone Age, Bronze Age and renaissance technology and then some guns and future tech and before all of this before the monster hunter world kind of exists there is a a previous civilization that created like all these monsters and and all these different organisms for labor and such and eventually something happens and they become wild and set onto the world and that's why there are thousands of different monsters in the games uh, and I think it'd be very interesting to show the the first civilization, this this seeding uh, civilization as it creates uh, these monsters and the eventual downfall. Kind of like Krypton, but not mm. shitty. <laughs> a show that did not get canceled. No, a show that didn't get canceled, but it probably should. Yeah, I'm like, I, like when you were saying that, I was like, oh, that reminds me, like, I would love to write an alien movie. Mm hmm. Like to play with that mythos, except for the parts that are kind of boring that they have been like doing. Like, I feel like there's so many interesting ways to like, like locations to set a um, alien movie Mm -hmm. um, to like put a xenomorph. Um, It would be really interesting to play with. So like, but they have just not done it. Like, I get the like the interesting of like the space aspect of it, but I feel like there's a lot to play with in that world. And they really haven't done it. Um, as weird as it is, I kind of like, and it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, the kind of side aspects that are teased in AVP two, with mm-hmm. like the U.S. government getting a hold of like the Predator technology. Yeah, like all that stuff is like really interesting. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely something that was. Uh. That definitely that's something needed in the Alien franchise today. Any sort of variety, for God's sake, get Ridley Scott away from the director's chair. <laughs> like, just take him. He's 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 a great cinematographer, an absolutely brilliant cinematographer. Well, apparently, that, he's having talks with uh, Daddy Mouse, and he'll tell they'll tell him what he can do. Oh God! They've done oh, pretty good God. with taking Star Wars away from Lucas, so yeah, that's true. They'll probably take Alien. And... I know people bitch about it. It's like, did you see those movies that Lucas made? Yeah, no, we all. I was raised on them. Yeah, me. Well, yeah, anybody that wasn't born in the seventies was. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know. Is there any other things? Like I've been trying to think of anything else. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to write like a Batman book or a Metal Gear Solid game or yeah. something like that. But I've been trying to think like more. I think I I could like it's hilarious because I'm sure like Universal's doing a million versions. Like I think there's a way to do the Universal monsters just not any of the ways that they have tried yeah they need to like do like another team up with like another universal franchise and just do (laughs) the universal monsters like against like dominic toretto and the fast and the furious gang oh Oh, i was gonna say 
Oh, Transformers and Fra- and yeah. Frankenstein and Dracula are like get into like a cross uh uh like a cross country race with well, like... when you say cross country race that is something that like Warner Brothers or whoever owns like uh Hanna Barbera stuff like they need I'm surprised they have not remade for kids like a um what was the name of that thing it's like the wacky race wacky racers yeah but when they had like all the different cartoon characters in like the kind of cannonball run thing yeah yeah like i'm surprised they haven't got but that would be great but yeah the the easiest team up is to do like fast and furious with gi joe and transformers just have them and then you have the two different rocks are two separate characters i don't know i i think they, i felt like they were talking about that for a while doing like a um i don't remember who owns the comics but like gi joe transformers and was it something else as like a mask mask yeah the the cars right so cars like yeah, the, Matt, the Mask show. was like a car thing. I think it was also like the Micronauts. Yeah, when they should just do Transformers and G.I. Joe and just have a, a really good field day. Yeah. That'd well, be so like, good. It was like when they were talking about doing the 21 Jump Street Men in Black thing. It was like, that sounds stupid, but entertaining. Like, it, it's exactly the same thing. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, the, other thing, the other thing I would kind of like love to write is... Um, I feel because I remember growing up and they used to have like these really cool comics for uh, for Legend of Zelda and Star Fox and Mario. And, oh, yeah. Nintendo did like a bunch of that stuff. Uh, well, I mean, bef- like, yeah, like before the Nintendo Power comics, like they um, like they have like really famous creators like doing Legend of Zelda and uh, Mario comics that were like pretty sweet. And I and I feel like, man, like you could do like a really fun comic about the world of F Zero or um uh Star Fox or Splatoon and like have like a lot of fun with it. Yep. But you know, Nintendo's very weird with their properties ever since that Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, uh I I, I think they're opening it up. Yeah, they're opening it up. I now. mean with like I mean it's like they gave the Ubisoft or they gave Ubisoft Mario to to play around with uh they gave uh mario to illumination and the, and that mario movie's coming out in like two years um oh the pokemon movie that just came out they're they're working yeah that pokemon movie that just came out uh they're working with microsoft to do some stuff uh i think i think it's you know mainly because the new guy who took over as president for uh nintendo he seems like a little bit more open to be working with people mm-hmm. so I feel like we've kind of petered out now, so... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, I guess quick round of plugs, basically. Um, John is also... Join, joins us always on Legion of Tune. That's part of Los Haro. So check that out. We are watching Code Monkeys for our next episode. Whenever oh. we find time to record that. Oof, good luck. Oh, you never, you never liked Code Monkeys? I was never... I, I was I never... I feel like you were too young for G4. No, I got in at the tail end, mind you, probably oh, like the okay. last four or five years. Um, but I was I was definitely raised on like the reviews on the run um, sort of G4 TV stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll be checking that out. And then me and Alan do a show where we are rewatching Smallville. We are almost a third of the way through season four now. Uh, it's where things get real interesting. And um, there is a terrible side plot that does give us in roundabout ways to show supernatural <laughs> um yeah and that's about it for me you guys uh yeah 
I'm uh, question Connor on uh, Twitter. I am maybe Connor on Instagram. And sometimes I write for the Lost Harrow uh, games. Uh, this weekend is uh, E3, so I will be doing some press conference stuff uh, on Sunday and uh, some other like opinion stuff later in the week. Um, and that you can find that at lostharrow.wordpress.com. I did the plug right. I can feel Alan's ghost not judging me now. <laughs> uh, that's it. Uh, you can find me at John J O H N uh, underscore F N underscore Siler uh, C I L E R, uh, where I talk about uh, work stuff. Probably share some stuff that we'll be announcing for Anime Expo coming up pretty soon. Uh, you could probably also see my hot takes uh, for the uh, Pokemon Direct that's in the morning. Ooh. And, also, and possibly just see me probably just gush and cry over it because I am uh, very How excited. much do I have to pay to see you gush? Uh, well, you have to go to, uh, you have to go to some sites to see that, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it later. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, Sun and Moon, I, I think, is like my favorite of the Pokemon franchise so far. I really liked a lot of the way they uh, redid the gym system, the way that you interact with the gym leaders. They made them seem more like characters and people, you know, that, you know, you get to know before you fight them. So it makes the fight feel that much better. Um, I liked all the alone versions of classic Pokemon. Uh, Team Skull was great. So uh, I... Like, I think Sun and Moon is, like, a near kind of, like, perfect pa package Pokemon game that I would just, like, kind of hand to anyone who would want to get into that franchise. So, uh, I'm coming off an incredible high with Sun and Moon, so hopefully Sword and Shield uh, scratches that same itch. Cool. Um, I think yeah. I think we're good. I think this yep. is the end. Yep. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, goodbye, and I love you. <laughs> goodbye, guys. Uh, don't let the door hit you where the good lord splits you. <laughs> Why are you not leaving, Craig? <laughs> Craig. Because he doesn't away. want the good lord to hit him where it split him. He's thinking! Leave the robot be. No, Craig, go away. This is the podcast that never ends. You can just say whatever crazy shit's on the top of our minds. Yeah, we've done our program. Now it's time to push our own agenda. Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Thanks.